Hello and you're very welcome to the Women's Rugby Pod. I'm Johnny Hammond and safely tucked away at home, staying alert is England and Harlequin Centre, Rachel Burford. How are you, Burf? Is the sunshine treating you well? Are you beginning to get uh, a bit of a tan, turning from sort of translucent blue to, to white possibly? <laughs> yes, I actually am getting a bit of a nice sunshine glow. Um, I'm good, thank you. Had a good bank holiday weekend. Um, turned my phone off and just was present. That was really nice. So just said, step away from the technology. Say that again. You you turned your phone off for the weekend. Yeah. Well, I just yeah, I just put it down. Didn't really pick it up. Um, good for you. Yeah, I just thought yeah. I realised, and I, I keep talking to quite a few people, how during this COVID, you don't, I don't actually like set days off or to think, right, I'm not going to do anything today. Or and so I was like, right, this weekend, there's some things I want to get on with, um, so I'm just going to leave my phone on the side, not go to it. Obviously, I picked it up a few times, but just wasn't really active. Um, and it was just nice. It was nice to not stress about it and not um, think about it. Yeah, absolutely. How 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 lovely. So how how have you been feeling that time? What have you been doing to to chill out? Then you got a, a hammock or a in the back garden, a, a giant beanbag, <laughs> a, a spa. What what are we what are we talking? Well, I think this is my problem. When I'm like, right, I'm going to not do anything. I then start thinking, what can I do? <laughs> and so now I just need to make, um, come up with a project, and I'm making a um, sofa. Um, not bed, but a sofa for the garden out of um, pallets. So basically, I've collected twenty pallets and started painting them, and didn't quite realise how big of a job it was going to be. Right. <laughs> so, yep. to try and relax, I've now added extra workload. You... But it's going to be great when it's done. Yeah, hundred percent. I'm sure you can't sit still, can you? No, no. You're one of those people no, that has I like, to constantly I like to moving. be busy, get moving, get things done. Um, but yeah, but when it's done, Johnny, just think about how lovely it be when you can come round for a cup of tea and you can sit on there and just lounge. Oh, lovely! That's, there's a hint of an invite there. That's super. Um, <laughs> Next yeah, year, I'm, I'm a big, I'm a big, big believer in uh, outdoor sofas. I can assure you, that's where I normally bask myself. Uh, certainly over the bank holiday, bank holiday weekend. Tell the other thing we do: a little fire pit, just dug out under the ground. Oh yeah. Just dug out a little hole in the ground, uh, put some bricks around it, and loads and loads of trees and whatever have fallen down in the garden. So uh, collected loads and loads of wood and just just cooking over an, an open wood fire basically all weekend. And there's really not the, the weather for it, but just ah oh, so cool and peaceful and everything's more quiet and the birds mm. are, seem to be singing. It's probably psychosomatic, isn't it? But the birds seem to be chirping louder and. And all the rest of it. Oh, the other exciting thing, we had a a pair of great tits who nested in our cannon. <laughs> Jesus Christ, I don't know what you're talking about then. That is that is a <laughs> sentence you don't often hear, isn't it? <laughs> great tits the birds is in related to blue tits, thank you. <laughs> um, right, just for anybody that might have just tuned in there, yeah. we are talking about sitting in gardens. Sitting in and gardens, legs, about wings, birds. that kind of stuff. Um, Should we get back to the rugby? No, I want to tell you about the the, <laughs> the chicks. Um, and we have a cannon, as you, as you do, obviously. Uh, we, our house is called Cannon Cottage, so we have a cannon that we inherited with the house. Um, 
And yeah, they, they nested in there. Dogs were going mad for weeks. Anyway, they popped out, the little chicks. Um, and uh, away you go. So they've, they've now flown the nest, literally. And that was all very, very exciting. Watching them hopping around the patio with the dogs barking at the windows was, uh, was just delightful. So that was very, very exciting. And terrorised by the dogs. I just wanted to share. That was all buff. Sorry, yeah, no, we'll, we'll move on to the rugby. Um, look, we've got a, a great show coming up for you today. Similar to uh, the last few weeks, really, we're, we're trying to to get ourselves around the globe and just just tell some rugby journeys, some rugby stories from around the world and, and some parts of the world which you you may not even realise that that rugby is a is a large part of, of society. Certainly, our, our second guest later on, uh, Nahid Bayramojandi, is is in Iran, and her story is absolutely fascinating. But first up, uh, we've got a. Miss Great Britain finalist, Miss Social Media, a lady who has two degrees, plays for Lewis Rugby Club. You may well know her already through her Try Me campaign. It's Danielle Evans. I'm Sarah Hedene, and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Danielle Evans, thank you so much for, for joining us on the uh, the Women's Rugby Pod this morning. Uh, first thank thing, of course, we, we must ask is, uh, are, are you and your family all well during these uh, these testing times? Yes, all safe and well, thank you very much. Yeah, keeping, maybe feeling a bit bored, but we're all, uh, we're all keeping safe and well, thank you. Good. And what have you been doing to try and uh, stave off that, that boredom? Um. Well, I've been trying to keep fit and healthy, kind of keep my positive energy up. So doing little workouts like in my room or trying to go for my daily walks and my little runs, try and get a bit of exercise in and just try and take up new hobbies like art and just to try to keep busy as much as I can. So I don't sit around and stare at the ceiling because that's really easy to do. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So you're the next portrait artist, are you? Or oils, well, watercolours? Well, I wouldn't say I'm under Casa or anything like that, but I give it a go. I can draw a stick man that looks relatively straight lined. <laughs> Perfect. Now, Daniel, what we're doing during this lockdown period when there's not a huge amount of news knocking knocking around for us to react on week on week is just going around the kind of rugby world, as we just said to you, we've been on the phone to to a lady in Iran this morning and just just trying to get a, a sense of people's rugby journeys. And, and you have a, a particularly interesting rugby journey. Um, for those, well, I, we, we certainly feel, feel so anyway. Um, what, um, if people hadn't come across Danielle Evans before, um, just give us a little about, a bit about, uh, about yourself. Um, so in terms of my rugby journey, I have always been a big fan since I... Um, was young my family have always been big rugby fans always watching the six nations and things like that but I I didn't start playing until my final year of my first degree which was oh about three three years ago now oh my word um and I thought you know what I'm gonna give it a go and after my first training session I thought I don't think I can do this maybe I'll just stick to watching it but then I just kept going back and back and I loved it and carried it on from then and then once I finished university in Southampton and with my team there, I then moved to Brighton um, and started joining there and trying to get involved there. I then was out of rugby, sadly, with an injury. But then I just joined Lewis just before lockdown, sadly, which was very annoying. So I'm looking forward to getting back down there and starting with them again. Um, but in terms of the most interesting thing is I've just started a Try Me campaign because I am a Miss Social Media. I competed in Miss Great Britain in February and I was about breaking the stereotypes around uh, women's rugby players. 
Right. Wow. I mean, there's so much to pick up on there. Number one, <laughs> let's go chronologically through uh, through what you said. You you just just casually dropped in at first degree three years ago. So, I mean, how many degrees do you have alongside your... Uh... <laughs> I have two. Sorry, I realise that's a lot of information. I kind of gave you a nutshell on my rugby journey. Really. No, I, yeah, I loved I it. Have... I was writing notes furiously. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're um, fine. No, I have I have two degrees. So I did my first degree in fashion photography, um, which <laughs> was quite funny because a lot of the girls on my rugby team did a lot of sports uh, therapy, um, sports nutrition all of the sporty type of things and there was me coming in with me to training with my cameras in my bags and thinking all right don't worry I'm covered in glitter from shoots that I did so it was quite funny um and then my second degree is in digital marketing which is coming quite handy being a uh, miss social media and um my job as a marketing exec right absolutely yeah yeah so um miss social media uh you said um yes Tell us a little bit more uh, about that. Um, so it happened when, so it's, again, it's probably a little bit of a complicated story behind it, but I competed in uh, Miss Brighton back in September last year. I sadly didn't win. I think I came fourth, but I won the title of Miss Publicity. And in the sort of pageant world, um, all the all the people who won Miss Publicity or the other awards got put into a, like a pool. And then Miss Great Britain selects one person out of all those people uh, to then compete and they uh, thankfully chose me and uh, awarded me Miss Social Media so instead of representing a county in Miss Great Britain I actually represented Miss Social Media and in a way I sort of preferred that really because it meant I could be you know I could publicise on a wide scale and really achieve <coughs> what I did. So if you if I could just jump in there if, have you always competed in pageants or was this a specific thing that you wanted to do to try and break down the stereotypes of rugby? No, this was actually my first time competing in a pageant, so it was all very nerve-wracking. But the reason why I started competing, or at least I applied and then went for it, was because I thought, do you know what, I, I really want to be me. And I've watched it for a number of years, and I thought, well, why can't you know I be a girly girl and play rugby? And why can't I show that? You know, I see a lot of the same thing in pageantry, and people have a lot of stereotypes, or a lot of assumptions of pageantry and pageant girls that, you know, you have to be all glamorous and everything all the time and that you, all these assumptions. I thought, you know what, I'm just going to go in there and be me and, you know, show that I'm a rugby player, show that I have these two sides to me, you know, and also these assumptions about rugby players that were aggressive and manly. And, you know, actually I'm a combination of the both and why not do both? You know, what, why should there be set rules or things that I should do one thing, one or the other? Yeah, absolutely. I, I yeah, I was going to pick up on that, uh, that as well. Two things I wanted to say was, you know, w- when you're playing, um, as mm-hmm. I, I've worked with some some presenters in my, in my time in, in the world of sports, uh, and there's a yeah, classic phrase of "not the face, not the face." Um, is that the same? <laughs> is that the same with you? Um, because if you've got a pageant coming up or whatever, it's like, no, no, don't tackle me too hard, or would you just <laughs> dive into both things, uh, both feet first. Well, when I first joined Lewis, um, it was only a couple of weeks before the Miss Great Britain final. So I was like, look, I can't play any rough games. I've come to training. But can you imagine if I walked down that stage with like a a black eye or a broken leg or something like that? That would have been it would have been a look. But I must admit, even in my pageant (laughs) pictures, I still have a few uh, grass grazes on my legs. So I thought, oh, well, do you know what? If I'm going to represent rugby players, I might as well show off the 
the unfortunate grazes that I get playing. But no, I, I had to be a bit careful because I was like, I can't go out with a broken leg. So I, I went to training and I obviously supported all the games, but I didn't play any, any rough games, which I usually do. Yeah, absolutely. Um, the other thing I was was going to say was how that obviously for you fits really, really nicely. And, and I know there's there's plenty of players out there. I mean, someone like Vicky Vicky Fleetwood, a World Cup winner, looks absolutely immaculate. It's part of her routine to to play rugby is make sure that her nails are right and and and, and all the rest of it. And she's very, very proud of, of doing that. And, and other players, I suspect, would be very much the other end of the other end of the spectrum. Um, did, does it go down well with the girls? Do you, do you, do you get a bit of a, a bit of banter about what what you do on the side, as it were? No, and I've actually found that I well, not actually, but I've had so much support from the rugby community, from people, from women and male players all up and down the country. And you know what? That's been so lovely. You know that I because I was initially very nervous about posting in the rugby community that I was competing in Miss Great Britain and I'm also a rugby player. And I was initially thought that I was going to get quite a lot of backlash from it. But, you know, it was completely the opposite and it was really humbling. And I was so grateful for that. But everyone's been so supportive and I love it. I just wonder, you know, we always talk about the great things that rugby gives us in terms of, you know, building confidence, making us strong. I mean, what what did you take from rugby to put into the pageant? And what what by you know, being part of the pageant, you said that you were nervous and it was the first time you dated. What did you take from the pageant that you could take back into rugby world? Or were they both very similar things that you could use? That's a good question. I think I took quite a lot from each of the things. So the reason why I joined rugby was to feel, one of the reasons was to feel stronger and, as you said, confident in myself. And that definitely did help going into the Miss Great Britain final and going up on that stage and feeling you know, just that powerful sort of, not just, not in looks wise, but just in that that confidence. Because obviously when you go into, when you play a rugby game, you've got to have that confidence in a way to make a tackle. Because obviously you're going to get injured if you're not confident in the moves that you're making. So I took that with me. And in terms of like the beauty pageants, just, you know, embracing who I am. And in terms of not worrying about, it sounds weird, but what I look like, because in terms of like Miss Great Britain, I was just who I was. And in that sense, again, being able to speak as speak as a team and speak into a team, sorry. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's difficult. And I took lots and lots of different elements from both rugby and beauty pageants, and they sort of merged together, as as you said, you know. Um, they've all helped one another, and they've weirdly coincided with each other, which I never thought they would, but they have, and I'm very grateful for both of them. Yes, and it's an unusual marriage, isn't it? But quite quite clearly works. Can you really be a beauty pageant and a rugby player and I'm like yeah of course you can <laughs> there's no there's no rules but they they both worked out perfectly and you know what they've made me who I am and they being in a beauty pageant has made me a better made me a better rugby player and being a rugby player has made me a better beauty pageant contestant so they've both worked in my favour <laughs> nice Danielle what um just trying to just gonna just wrap up with tell us more about this uh this, this campaign and, and breaking Breaking down stereotypes, which you've been sort of smashing down those walls for for quite a while, it uh, it seems anyway. Yeah, well, it is, I launched it back in October, um, and it obviously initially started as breaking up the stereotypes around purely women's rugby players, but it grew and grew and grew over the months. I think we organically reached over sixty thousand people within the first two months, which was incredible, and we started getting international recognition. But I started going up and down to different schools and clubs across the country, and as I said, it grew and grew much more about 
um, diversity and acceptance, not just within rugby itself, uh, but in other sports, in other communities. Um, and yeah, I've met so many people online and in person through the campaign and some really inspiring people. And I'm hoping, well, I'm still working on a few more bits now with the campaign and hopefully get it even bigger. We've just re- launched our own uh, rugby kit with uh, Scrumbum, the clothing company. Um, and People have bought that internationally as well. So hopefully we'll get, uh, they'll be arriving soon and see some pictures of those. Um yeah, so it just keeps on growing. Really, <laughs> it's been great. I think it's I think it's really fascinating. I think like a couple of points there, like talking, like I've looked at the campaign on Facebook and just kind of like I love the TikTok where you're kind of like <laughs> saying questions, you know, stereotypical yeah. questions that you talk about with Bobby. And I think you're touching on so many things that so many women go through. Um, Mm -hmm. And this is kind of just a platform where it's like, let's share about it, let's talk about it, let's break it down. Mm -hmm. Um, So I think it's brilliant what you're doing. Thank you. um, Yeah, I think it's it's fantastic. And the more we can shout about it, the more we can get involved um, is awesome. Absolutely. And it's just a safe space for people as well. And a place to just, as in, be yourself and then hopefully give those people the confidence to do it. In it, on their everyday lives, not just in that trimy campaign space, but just embrace who they are every single day. Outstanding. So, where where can people? Is that all across social media? Just uh, just search for trimy. Yeah, it? yeah. If you search the trimy campaign, or you search my name, Danielle Evans, or Miss Social Media, I'm bound to be there somewhere. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> There's a lot. <laughs> Danielle, that, that's been absolutely brilliant. Uh, you, you, suspected you were going to be fascinating you're, you're exactly that um look why don't we why don't we pencil something in for for later um next year or something like that and, and just see see where everything's at with the, with you but um for, for this morning incredible. thank you so much for, for sharing your story and thank look, you and, and thank you for and thank you for having me thank you i really appreciate it no no it's it's, it's our pleasure and, and thank you for uh, for being yourself and, and smashing down the, uh, all those glass ceilings that you're doing well, what a, a fascinating lady birth, uh, Danielle. Wow, real get up and go, isn't she? And, and trying to to break those stereotypes, which I suppose for, for you and I, sort of immersed in the game, possibly don't uh, don't realise quite so much from from the outside, as it were. Um, but she's doing some some amazing stuff, isn't she? Yeah, she is, and you can just you know hear her energy and positivity in her voice. And I think you know we're always trying to break down stereotypes about rugby. Um, women in rugby and I just think it's fantastic that you know she's taken on this this great campaign to to tell people you know you can be whatever you want to be because that's ultimately what you say you know it's talking about being confident body positivity showing that any abilities or backgrounds you know you can go and do whatever you want to be if you want to be a rugby player but you also want to be a beauty pageant then you can absolutely do that. And I think it's wonderful that she's shouting about it. Um, and it's definitely something that I'm going to follow really closely and, and you know, promote because a lot of the stuff that we do on Burford Academy is about, you know, instilling confidence in young girls. You know, so trying to use some of the stuff that she's been doing will, will work wonders for, for all ages um, and all women involved. I think it's brilliant. Yeah, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. I'm Ollie Phillips, and you are listening to the fantabulous, absolutely wondrous and wonderful women's rugby pod. Enjoy. Well, Berth, there is some uh, news, and it is literally the ink is still drying on the paper uh, of this particular news. We're re- recording Tuesday, just kind of late morning now. Um, 
just dropped in the inbox. Uh, Tyrrell's sponsorship of the Premier 15s comes to an end. There's no surprise in my voice. Your initial reaction? Uh, very similar. Um, it was almost like, oh, no surprise, um, personally. Um, it's a real shame because it's the first time that we've kind of had like a headline sponsor involved in the women's domestic game. Um and for it to now come to an end after, you know, such a short period. Obviously, we don't know the ins and outs of why that's come to an end. But it is disappointing um, that there's not longevity in, in the, you know, the support to the women's domestic game. Yeah, I, yeah when they initially signed. Uh, yeah, it's great, wasn't it? Well, we do have to give them credit to Tyrrells, which is part of a KP. Um, my dad used to work for them, actually, many, many moons ago. Um, but, yeah, they... Took, took, took the role on, didn't they, as, as title sponsor and fair credit to them. Um, yes, just wonder whether the, you know, they're a Chris brand, whether they're now in the stadium at Twickenham and that might have been the, the drive. Uh, I, 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 I don't know, but it but it is very sad that that uh, relationship has come to an end. Do you, do you think, when, when looking for a, for a new sponsor berth, that, that possibly the RFU, uh, the... the, the sh- should they actually be looking for a little bit more from a, from a sponsor in terms of the financial? You know, some is obviously there, uh, and everybody benefits from that. But do, do we need a, a sponsor to be to be doing a little bit more than than, than possibly Tears have been doing in the last few years? Yeah, yeah, I do. I think, and I think though, Johnny, I think you know, Tears obviously came into a new unknown league. Um, they did some great stuff. They took the risk of of being involved, but I think. I think the problem with women's sport um, is I think we undersell ourselves a lot. And I think what the Tyrrells has done over the last three years is shown what an incredible product and opportunity it is to be a part of. Um, And so, and obviously, you know, you can see the world is changing with women's sports and sponsorship. And hopefully COVID doesn't affect that momentum that it's um, gathered. But you know, I can't see why there's not sponsors out there that actually would look at this and see that Tyrrells are now no longer involved and think, right, we've got a golden opportunity to go in there and make something really, really positive happen in the women's game domestically, which, you know, UK domestic rugby is the strongest. So, you know, what a great opportunity it is now for, for another sponsor to come in and be involved or maybe multiple sponsors to come in and be involved. Yeah, I, I couldn't. I could not agree with you more. I think. Yeah, I think there's a. Do you know, I, I take take my days back to 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 when I was at Sky and and starting out there and a, an old boss of my guy called Martin Turner, who um, had the energy of a sort of giant Duracell bunny times a thousand. Uh, incredible, incredible man, and, and he said, as as a broadcaster, we have a responsibility to grow the game, and I, and I think. We, we 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 certainly did that. That that, that has always held in, in my mind that you have a responsibility to to try and grow the game, whether you're a sponsor or a broadcaster. With, you know, with supporting the game, it's it's your it's your role and your responsibility to to, to grow it. And I'm not sure um, Teals particularly did that. Um, you know, very very difficult to to even get hold of them, let alone sort of try and get any sort of collaborations with within this pod sphere. I, I found. But yeah, I think the new sponsor has a responsibility to to try and grow the game, and I think we've already spoken this year haven't we, about the Six Nations that are lacking a women's sponsor there, and they're working on it and what have you. And and of course, this is all pre-COVID, so the world has completely changed. But 
it's almost a more of a, an attractive proposition because you know, those semi-finals were going to be the most hotly contested going. And you could say that five teams on their day could all beat each other. And, and the, the rest of the standard, as we've spoken about already and before, is just growing and growing. So actually, you're not getting 17 nils England against Scotland or, or, or you know, England against Wales, those kind of scores in the Six Nations. It's a highly, highly competitive league. And the participation of women's rugby is only going in one direction. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and just to add to that as well, how many overseas players do we have now wanting to be a part of the English domestic league because of what it can, the opportunities that it's bringing, the, the alignment with some of the men's premiership teams, the, the standard on the pitch. So you're not just tapping in to just English players. Your, your sponsorship and your the opportunity there is not just here in the UK. It, it spreads further than that. Yeah, and that, that point you're making, you've been illustrated, you know, just just in the last few days, Jess Wooden, uh, a highly experienced player, USA international, formerly of Richmond and, and played alongside you at Harlequins, signed to Sale Sharks uh, in the last few days. That's, that's testament not only what Sale Sharks are doing, obviously, but, but the league itself with that international flavour to it and it's attracting those kind of players. Yeah, it is absolutely. And, you know, I had the opportunity to play with Jess, fantastic player, really good knowledge and understanding of the game. You know, it was sad to, to lose her, but... At the same time, you know, she's an international in another country. She'll be talking to the players over there, letting them know what the league's like here. There'll be comparisons going on. And then suddenly, you know, you have someone like Kirsty Stormer who comes over, also known as Pony. She came over from the USA to play with us. And, and it's kind of like the word of mouth about how good this league is. There's a reason that, um, you know, Jess Wooden is staying in England to want to play in the English league. Um, and what a fantastic signing for Sale Sharks. I mean, that you can see where they're piecing together the key areas that they need. You, know, you talk about jigsaws and you talk about, you know, having the, the right people in the right places. And she's definitely a key cog to that team. Yeah. Or will be. Absolutely. Um, the, the other point I wanted to, to make with, like Jess Wooden uh, coming into, back into the, uh, the Premier 15s, um, is is also the the development of, of British rugby. If you look at the amount of yeah, there's some Ireland internationals, yeah, the handful there, at, uh, at Was of course with uh, with Giselle, um, and the Scottish internationals. So it's not just developing English rugby players; it's developing Scottish, Irish, or all the Welsh down in Bristol. Um, yeah, it's developing developing. Uh, British rugby as well, so it, it's 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 an hugely important league, and it really is driving everything forward. So, uh, look if you're a if you're a sponsor who fancies getting involved in um, one of the fastest growing team sports in the UK, then then look no further than the Premier Fifteens. Uh, it is well worth uh, a bit of sponsorship, of course, with the the world coming up. Uh, just next year. Alongside Jess Wooden, uh, some signings. Uh, we mentioned Bristol there. Poppy Leach is off, uh, leaving Bristol. Haven't heard where she's she's off to. Have you? Nothing Nothing official anyway. No. Uh, I don't know if she's involved down at Exeter um, already. I so, I mean, that would kind of be where I would expect her to go. Um, but, yeah, you saw a couple of players leave Bristol over the last few days be interesting to see where they're going yes and talk about those uh, exits from uh, Bristol yeah announced in the last week Amelia Buckley Hurry represented the Barbarians and the England under 20 
Uh, Flo Long have also joined Worcester, uh, Joe Yap's mob. Uh, a couple of extended contracts as well there. Players player of the season, Elizabeth Shermer and the England under-20 centre, Meg Varley. So, yeah, there's uh, some, some movement going on in and around uh, the Premier 15s. Be interesting, obviously, with the, with the news of the sponsorship um, and that kind of stuff, whether, yeah, there's even more movement in the next few weeks. But, of course, we will bring you up to date with it as and when it happens here on the WRP. The only other bit of news I wanted to uh, to touch on with you, Berth, was the WRU announcement saying women's rugby is a, a priority. Uh, obviously not a huge surprise to, to say that. Um, and obviously being one of the fastest growing team sports. Is it uh, something we've possibly heard before or you, you can you see signs of, of some real uh, real positivity here? Um, I've never heard them come out with just like kind of a strong press statement to say, you know, it's, it's a priority for them. Um, and I, I really hope they, they pull through with it. I think, you know, just talking to some of the girls over the Six Nations, the Welsh players, you know, the fact that the funding isn't there for them to be able to train together, um, you know, stay together after an international game, um, you know, Times have moved on and the Welsh Rugby Union really do need to invest in their players because they have quality individual players, but they're never going to progress um, and be the team that they can be without having, you know, without it being a priority to the union. So I'm really pleased that they've come out and and said a statement, you know, like all things, um, it's one thing saying it and then another thing delivering on it. Um, But the players that they have deserve the opportunity um, to really excel um, for for their for their country, um, so I, I really hope that what they're coming out and saying that it's a priority and they're going to invest more um, really does um, ring home and ring true um, when we kind of get out of COVID and see what that actually looks like. Just putting my devil's advocate hat on, Berth uh, seems to fit rather nicely. Um, if the WRU don't have the finances. Um, to fund a 15s and a 7s programme. Um, could they turn out and say, well, look, you know, we are putting some money into to, to the 7s programme. You know, Ollie Phillips has come on board. I know Chris Cracknell is is, is, is involved as, as well. Whereas on the 15s side, we've possibly seen a no head coach at the helm for, for, for quite some time now. Is that where we're seeing the resources and saying, well, look, you know, we can only do one. So, so we're going to do one of them properly rather than sort of spreading everything far too evenly across both. Yeah, I think that could be, um, you know, the approach that they might be taking. And I think we've got to be realistic in terms of some unions are in a position where they can fully fund a 15s programme and a 7s programme. And, you know, kudos to them that they're, they're in that position. There's some unions around the world that will only focus on certain areas because potentially that brings in Olympic funding. So then they're only going to invest in, in the 7s programme at the moment. Um, but I think, you know, there's a lot of unions also that their sevens players are their 15s players and maybe that's a route that Wales will go down um you know we've seen great investment from into the sevens game you know appointment of Ollie Phillips and having Chris Cracknell being involved as well um so I can't see that that end changing and um so yeah I, I it'll be interesting to see what what this actually means we want to invest more. It's a priority to us. Okay, well, what does that look like for the players, for the clubs, for the union? Um, 
that will be the interesting topic to talk about once they've kind of announced where they're going with it. 100%. Um, but yes, if you're going to come out and, and publicly say that, you, you're nine times out of ten, um, unless you work in a government, um, you're, you're normally held accountable to that. So um, we, we will wait and see. This is the Women's Rugby Pod. It is a huge, huge Women's Rugby Pod welcome to Nahid from uh, from Iran, the uh, your coach, Iran's head of women's rugby development. Have I got all of your titles in there, Nahid? A very good morning to you, first of all. Uh, thank you. Uh... And uh, I'm uh, really happy and, and really excited to uh, talk with you uh, both. And uh, thank you for inviting me uh, to talk in uh, your podcast. It's, it, it's our pleasure. What we're trying to do is, is just uh, possibly discover a few new areas of rugby that possibly even uh, Berth and I didn't know that uh, were so up and coming. And I think that... Uh, through your Try and Stop Us campaign with World Rugby, we've, we've seen that um, in your country, uh, Iran, um, that rugby is growing hugely almost every day, certainly before the coronavirus anyway. Is that about right? Uh, yes. If, uh, if I want to uh, talk about Iran rugby development, uh, I would like to uh, say that... Uh, Really, rugby maybe is not a big uh, sport compared with uh, other sports in Iran. But uh, all, all people here knows that uh, what rugby is and uh, how he, uh, and how much huge rugby is. And uh, in recent years, uh, really rugby uh, developed here and uh, promotes uh, promoted, and uh, it's uh, it's. It's big, and it it is uh, it uh, it is getting bigger and bigger these these years. Can I can I ask you know why did you start doing it? Why did you get into rugby? What was it for you? Because um, you've obviously been pioneering in a lot of things for women's rugby there. So who was your driver? How did you get involved? Uh, uh, really, I I was born in a, a sports uh, family, a sporty family. Uh, my father was uh, an athlete, and also my sister is. And uh, I, I, I did lots of sports, and I tried lots of sports before rugby, uh, such as uh, track and field, uh, basketball, handball, and, uh, and also cricket. But uh, I, I stopped them and uh, started rugby because uh, I, I used to lived in uh, a city near uh, Tehran, the capital of Iran, and uh, some, uh, inter- some national players wanted to set up a team in our city, and uh, I, I just tried rugby. And uh, the uh, famous manifesto, uh, try rugby and uh, become unstoppable. And I, I tried it and, uh, and, and really could not stop it un- until now. <laughs> I haven't got uh, lots of uh, experience in rugby, in playing rugby, uh, but uh, I have a, a 
exciting. Uh, uh, I have a, an amazing and a huge uh, experience in uh, my uh, journey in rugby. I have a, a huge journey in rugby. What is it that you love about rugby? Like, there's there's lots of things that Johnny and I, you know, it's in our blood. Uh, um, so, what is it for you? I guess uh, rugby. Uh, I I have a different feeling now, but uh, about those days, I uh, I, I really that uh, rugby made me uh, strong and. Uh, it was, I think, it was an uh, eye opener for me to life, uh, and uh, it it was a really new sports and uh, a new uh, new major and uh, and different, really different experience in uh, the sports. It was not like basketball. It was not like handball. It was not like track and field. And uh, but I think when I uh, played basketball and uh, played handball, I, I had the uh, same feeling. And but it, it was not about rugby. And uh, really, I I, I, I found uh, something new in rugby. Uh, it it really made me strong, and uh, it it was fantastic. I think. Do you think it is about being part of a of a team? And a special team because the game is is so physical that you you very very quickly become friends because you have to trust people. Uh, yes, definitely it, it, it was, and uh, I think uh, rugby is uh, all about teamwork. And uh, maybe in basketball, for example, in basketball, I I I can uh, I can get a, a score. Uh, individual but uh, it's it's not about rugby uh, if you uh, don't have your teammates and if you uh, if you uh, don't support your teammates and if your uh, teammates uh, don't support you uh, you you can you cannot do uh, you can uh, not do anything and it is all about uh, teamwork i think when you first met where you first went to that club like how many players were there to begin with, and and now where is it? Where's the growth gone to? Ah uh, yes, uh, uh, we have uh, thirty-one provinces. Wow. So, what does your job as the development uh, officer require you to do in those thirty-one provinces? You must be very busy. <laughs> Good busy. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, I I I really uh, uh, I'm really was uh, I. I, I, I was really busy, uh, but uh, uh, from uh, last two years, I, I worked with uh, lots of uh, brilliant uh, uh, girls and boys to uh, help me in uh, development rugby development in Iran, uh, because uh, we divided uh, development areas to six parts, and uh, we have uh, six main uh, officers for all of the provinces. Uh, who work with uh, lots of uh, other officers in uh, each provinces. And uh, we have uh, one male and one female officers to uh, develop uh, rugby uh, in, in uh, their provinces uh, for women and uh, for men. And uh, now 
uh, I'm maybe I'm not so busy uh, like those those years, but uh, really lots of people helped me here in Iran. And can I ask a question about schools? Do do you have rugby being played in schools, or is it a bit of a barrier? Uh, it's it's not especially uh, playing rugby in schools, but our uh, development uh, plans and development program is uh, it's about schools. Uh, we introduce rugby to schools and uh, attract more uh, students uh, uh, to uh, to rugby, and uh, we we introduce some clubs uh, teams uh, to them and. Uh, because rugby is not an official uh, sports in uh, our schools, and we cannot uh, we cannot have a, a team rugby team there. But we uh, introduce rugby to uh, in schools. We work with them. Um, Nahid, we, we we won't take too much more of your 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 time up. Uh, there was just one more question that I wanted to ask. What what were the biggest barriers? For you as an individual to to start to play the the game of rugby, or were, were there not too many uh, barriers in England uh, where it, rugby was invented uh, for a girl to seek out a club is, is is not really a problem even ten fifteen years ago. What what were the biggest barriers for you in Iran? Uh, the biggest barriers uh, was was not is yeah. uh, was. What, what culture? Uh, as you know, rugby is not soft, and lots of families, uh, <laughs> lots of families think differently about rugby. But it is better and better, and uh, and maybe uh, we we uh, we need lots of uh, experiences in playing uh, more in women's rugby. And uh, maybe we 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 need uh, more lots of more uh, role models, uh, coaching role models, uh, the, some role models in uh, match officials, uh, maybe uh, role models in uh, uh, managers, and uh, it is it is better and better. But uh, as lots of <laughs> I don't like to say that, but uh, it is the reality. Uh, money problem, uh, money problem is one of the not the biggest. It's one of the biggest problem uh, because uh, when you have uh, a good sponsorship, you can uh, you can have more experience in uh, international uh, competitions. You can uh, you can uh, have a better development plan. And uh, lot lots to do, and uh, but but I I'm really uh, I I'm not hopeless, and uh, I, I I think that uh, we can find the solution. Brilliant! I'm absolutely fascinated listening to you um, because it's an area that uh, you know is very very young to to rugby, and it, it is amazing that uh, the trailblazing that that you have done over <clears throat> the last few years and. All credit to you. Um, I, I'd like to, to hear some more about uh, the playing side and, and, and the clubs and, and the international scene. But um, look, for, for today, perhaps uh, in a couple of months' time um, or even nearing up into to the World Cup, we might do another whistle-stop tour around the world and we'll, we'll, we'll talk to you again. But really, really appreciate your time today. Uh, thank you very much 
On behalf of everyone and all the females in Iran for, for doing what you're doing and, and being a trailblazer, as I say. Um, and thank you from, from us at the WRP for, for coming on today. Yeah, I just also want to echo that and just say, you know, it's, it's so great to learn about what else is going on in the world. And even there's so many people that are really well informed about women's rugby that won't know about it. Um, so thank you for taking the time to come on and talk to us and talk about the growth. And, you know, we really hope it goes from strength to strength and opportunities grow within Iran because, you know, we all know that how good this sport is and what it offers people. And um, so thank you um, again. Uh, thank you, you both. And uh, uh, I'm really happy that... Uh, the, the board is uh, watching Iran and uh, the board is uh, watching our new generation of uh, unstoppables in Iran. And uh, the, I'm, I'm really happy and I, I really thank uh, you and uh, World Rugby to, uh, to help us. It's our pleasure. You take care. I'm Mohan and you're listening to the Women's Rugby Pod. Well, finally, Berth, a few shout-outs. I know we asked on our uh, on Instagram page, didn't we, just to uh, thank everyone for their support and where they were listening from around the world. Um, we are reaching some far distant lands of the world, are we not, Burford? Yeah, it was quite um, a fun little exercise to do to see where, you know, everybody is listening from. You know, we, we talk to people all around the world, but it's good to know that people are also listening. I mean, just some of the, the standouts, like we've got people in Chile, we've got Obviously, lots of people in the UK and, you know, South Africa. We've got Malaysia, Asia, all types of uh, countries, which is exactly kind of what we wanted. And I think that's the other reason, isn't it, Johnny, why we're going down this route of sharing those rugby stories from around the world, because we don't know enough about it. Um, And that's what I love about this is the fact that we're reaching all the corners around the world, finding out what's going on with women's rugby um, and finding some absolute gems of people and inspiring stories that without us, we wouldn't know about potentially. Yeah, absolutely. Don't forget Wrexham and Cookham in Berkshire. Um, (laughs) But no, you... you... Is that you? (laughs) No, 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 certainly not in Wrexham and definitely not in Berkshire. Um, (laughs) No, look, we we appreciate people getting in contact uh, as ever. Yeah, do do keep getting in contact. We are going to continue to to go around the world. Still trying for Bill Beaumont. Not going to let let go of that one. Um, been in touch with the Shiny Williams as well, the uh, Australian international. We might be hearing a little bit about Lebanon rugby in the coming weeks as well. Uh, possibly some uh, some news or, or hear about uh, rugby from India as well. So, yeah, we are truly trying to trying to get around the world and just discover some parts of the world which you you not know known for their rugby during this uh, this lockdown period. But uh, huge thanks today, uh, of course, to Nahid Baramajandi, head of women's rugby development in Iran. Fascinating to to hear her story, and to Danielle Evans as well. Very very different story, but uh, equally as as compelling from Danielle uh, so thank you to those two thank you Berth lovely to, to chat today um, yeah you might want to turn your phone off most weekends you've been a little ray of sunshine Berth you're welcome it's not going to last <laughs> oh good well there's positive for you um, tell you there's something to look forward to this weekend a uh, lady who's been named in, in most of the uh, 
the the legends all time fifteen so far: Jill Burns, former England captain, uh, the singing dancing sensation that is Jill Burns, uh, is our little mini pod lockdown series this Sunday, half past nine in the morning. Yeah, people be really really enjoying these, and I've lined up the next lot as well. Uh, we have got Gary Street lined up to come on. Fiona Stockley, the lady behind uh, Barbarians Women's Rugby and a Waspies legend. Uh, everything okay? Bless you. I loved your bleat. Though. That was very good. Uh, Giselle Mader, <laughs> speaking of Barbarians, Barbarians coach. Uh, and of course, Wasps director of rugby, Giselle Mader. Shona Powell-Hughes, the Welsh legends coming on. And Alison Miller as well from, uh, from Ireland. Um, and still got a few others to contact as well. So they're all coming up. But this Sunday, yes, enjoy Jill Burns as a selection, uh, half past nine on Sunday. Just remind us to say, keep in touch, everybody. I know uh, Mental Health Awareness Week was last week, but it should be every week, shouldn't it, really? Keep talking, keep reaching out, keep asking everyone if they're okay, and then ask properly if they're okay. Um, and we will we'll speak to you next week, Berth. Until then, stay alert. Be well and stay safe. Until next time.